Geeks. Geeks. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this room. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me today, Thomas McCann. Hello. 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 <laughs> that was the most polite yeah. intro. Um, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, yeah. I'm on you, the mend. On the mend. Yeah, you've just been in Italy where they tried to kill you. Where I got food poisoning from my favorite food in the world. Pizza. From pizza. Yeah. So yeah. do you think pizza's done to you now? At the minute, I would rather eat most things. That's, <laughs> That's always I was going to think, how far <laughs> can I go with how disgusting this is going to be? But then I decided to rein it all in. Uh, the thought of pizza at the minute is making me sick. Almost literally. That's a very sad thing. I know. I'm hoping we can rediscover our lifelong love affair shortly <laughs> after this passes. It is. It's just like, you know, you can have too much sex sometimes and you just need a little separation point to like get back into that, <laughs> that lustful phase. So yeah, exactly. Rediscover the magic. Yeah. One of you um, just did something a little too inappropriate one time when you're being intimate with each other and you're like, oh. Or maybe it's just Italy makes shit pizza. Maybe that's it. Italy, Italy yeah, did, yeah confirmed. I, yeah. Italy makes shit I, pizza. Yeah, exactly. I need to go back to British pizza. Yep. So. Yeah, well, world renowned is the greatest <laughs> pizza. Is the British pizza? Yeah, well, it's the pizza I fell in love with. So, you know. did you um, did you have good pizza other than the bad pizza? Um, not really. No. Really? No. 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 I had like maybe four instances of pizza over the course. <laughs> four. Of the, you were there for the three days, so that's not bad. For the course of two and a half days, maybe four or five bits of pizza, and okay. none of it was accurate. Okay. Yeah, I've been to Milan before, and I had really good pizza. Now, I'm obviously I'm just, there's a massive city full of pizzerias there and i just could have been unlucky yeah but it was a bit shit yeah I'd say my the pasta time, was good though yeah yeah so my time in italy my pizza in the cities was definitely touch and go like i'd had really great yeah. pizza i had really bad pizza yeah when i was out in the countryside like just in little weird places where you're, i was more worried about it weirdly because it was just like a little nondescript mm. building those places i've unanimously had really good pizza but yeah. i think in the cities yeah you're gonna get but look, yeah i mean there's so many good pizza places in london now that maybe i'm just being spoiled no. What's your favorite pizza in London? Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm gonna be really like I. I oh, it's gonna sound really bad. I just I like Domino's pizza. <laughs> 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 That's uh, but no, there's Pizza Pilgrims. There's Home Slice. Uh, there are a couple, of, and there's Franco Manca, which started as this little uh, place in Brixton. That's now like everywhere. It's pretty good. I had a Pizza Pilgrims the other day, actually. Yeah, I ordered here. It's good. It's good. Anyway, this is a really boring chat. No pizza podcast. <laughs> um. So yeah, we, we uh, people will know you from the Fryfest podcast that you do quite often with us. Once or twice, yeah. We've been going for 14 years. That's the London... 14 years. Oh, is it 14 years? Something like that. Something dumb. I guess, yeah, 15. Um, the London Horror Film Festival that we go to every August. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you started this podcast with me back when it was called Movie Murmurs. Yeah, way back. Way back in the day. People can go and check out those podcasts. We had a catchier title back then. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we were just talking about it in terms of, I think I'm going to do a little, I'm going to put them up, with your permission, put yep, them up absolutely. on the iTunes. There's uh, Fast and the Furious on there, there's uh, Nolan movies. Hell yeah, we did Nolan movies. We did Terminator. Yes. We did all the Terminators. This was back though, I mean Terminator hasn't got much further to be honest, it yeah. only got Genesis now. It was, just, it was just when Salvation came out, was it? Yeah. 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 So Fast and Furious was only on number four, I think, because yeah. it had just come back, it was like the triumphant return. Yeah, yeah. Back when I was excited about new Fast and Furious movies. Yeah, I'm doing a couple of other ones, but yeah, that was the main ones, yeah. Good fun. 
Um, so yeah, we're going to be, for people who don't know, we're splitting up all our podcasts now because we have too much content and we've listened to what people have said. So you're going to be able to subscribe just to the Danny Ball one, just the Friday 13th one. We have a Nightmare on Elm Street, which is running right now. I'll get into that more a bit, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, this will be one of the ones. After the Friday the 13th, are you going to do like other horror franchises? Well, that's what we're doing. So we did, we've just finished the Friday the 13th going through all of them. Right. Um, that was me, Justin and Katie did that podcast. Uh, they're about an hour long on each, well, between half an hour to an hour on each uh, film and then we do like a roundup at the end where we pick our favorite like lead our favorite jason our favorite death oh, our favorite cool. boobs like all that stuff <laughs> um and then we're just doing the anonymous elm street one right now which is uh-huh. just me and alex we normally like three people because uh-huh. then you get a good variety of opinion yeah, yeah um and then we're just finishing uh we're on the roundup podcast uh this wednesday i think of the danny ball one we're doing a director retrospective and that was me allison and haruka have gone through all danny ball's films if you order. do uh, a new wave of french horror uh, oh one can i be involved in write it down because i have a list of ones <laughs> and we're trying to pick which one to go with next the obvious next one was halloween but they're huge you know oh, so yeah. many films well if you do one about you know this niche of ultra violent gory sort of mid to late noughties horror french horror movies then yeah let me know yeah hang on i'll write it down yeah, we're looking, and if people have any um, requests or what they want us to cover. Are you going to do the Friday the 13th game when it comes out? As yeah, we'll talk, we, we'll talk a lot about that for yeah. sure. Yeah, we should open the doors back <laughs> up for that one. Um, I think the next one we actually have is kind of a weird one, and just because, uh, actually I'll talk about it later, but we're going to be doing the top 10 shark movies. Uh, Ooh. Ever, which I'll, I'll get into that a little which bit later. Deep Blue is obviously number one. Hmm. Is that mm. what it's called? Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, so that's fuck it. Let's just talk about it. Let's talk about it now. Um, so I, I was so last year, you know, the shallows came out. Yeah. So here's the convoluted thing with the shallows. The shallows was originally called Under the Deep. No, sorry, In the Deep. Yeah, In the Deep. Yeah. There was another film being made at the time with Mandy Moore that I didn't know about, which was called Forty Eight Meters Down, um, and it had not very similar uh, i mean there were similar movies in a way they both had female protagonists who just got out of a relationship like text bubbles were popping up on screen there's a right, shark right. battle and all this stuff um but the mandy moore one i didn't even know about because it came out apparently but it was coming out at the same time as the shallows when the shallows changed its name from in the deep to shallows 48 meters down decided to buy the name in the deep right. and change its name to that Okay. So there was a whole confusing marketing so thing. So there's anyway. a Mandy Moore shark movie out there called In the Deep that I've never heard about. Yeah, but in most territories it's still called 47 Meters Down. It came out on DVD and they got pulled immediately because the critics actually preferred it to The Shallows. It had much better reviews. Oh. So they pulled it and now they're re-releasing it this year, I believe. Um, okay. But it's not a full schedule yet. But it's essentially the same film. It's not, uh, yeah, it's the same film as it was last year. Yeah, yeah. No, but like it's the same film as Shallows. Shallows? No, it is very different. I watched it last week and ah. it's fucking great. Like it's really <laughs> great. It's really good. It has some dumb moments. Mandy Moore kind of annoys me in it still. Um, and it's definitely not got the money that the Shallows has. Mm. But it's essentially, the setup's just very simple. It's just two sisters. She's One of them's broken up with a boyfriend. She's trying to show him she can do fun things mm-hmm. um and her sister convinces her after meeting two guys in mexico like hot guys to go shark cage diving it was hot guys um i know oh. goddamn hot mexican man um and of course the winch goes and the cage sinks all the way down to the bottom of the ocean and they're trapped in it um at the bottom with these great wikes between them and the surface mm. and kind of the crutch of it is they can get out of the cage because it's not that hard to get out of the cage mm-hmm. that's like one battle 
but you can't like you get the bends and you'll die if you just go straight to the top so you have to like go and then wait for five minutes and then go and then wait for five minutes like certain distances but the whole thing they're like in oxygen masks underwater yeah 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 and they're running out of oxygen the whole time as well huh um and it's really good i don't want to say anything else about okay. it like it's really so good i genuinely was very tense in it um i much preferred it to the shallows and so it kind of got me thinking like i used to be a huge lover of shark movies mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember back when yeah. you used to watch of B-movie slasher movies yeah, on yeah. DVD back when we were doing those pri- yeah. Fast and Furious podcasts um, I used to watch every fucking shark movie that came out straight to DVD like Shark Attack 3 Megalodon and like oh Jesus oh, how excited are you for the new uh, Megalodon film starring Jathan Staten oh Jesus don't even don't. it's based <laughs> on the book that I, I, I really love those books yeah. even though they're awful yeah awful. I only read that for the first time last year like the first novel awful oh it's so bad yeah if i had to hear him talk, describe <laughs> another so woman shit. this was her platinum blonde hair <laughs> yeah, so crap. yeah um but yeah it's so back then and this was over 10 years ago now you know mm. but i was people always think there are too many shark movies so back then it's like they really weren't like they really weren't it was just in people's head that they were <clears throat> now they really are because since sharktopus and sharknado oh, yeah there are billions of these dumb 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 mm. movies um and when I really thought about it and I went through tons of other people's lists, tons of critical lists on the best shark movies out there, it's really hard to get 10, just 10 decent shark movies. Did you like the fact that in, I think that you've seen Lego Batman? Yes. That in Lego Batman, when he goes and recruits like the biggest bad guys from the dead zone or whatever it is, you've yeah. got Voldemort and Arthur, you've got, I'm assuming it's Jaws. Oh, is it Jaws got, there? A, well, I'm assuming it's, look, this is a shark. They've oh, got I just a it. shark, awesome. which I just presumed was Jaws. They never actually say his name, but it's like, in amongst all the biggest baddies ever, it's <laughs> just Jaws a shark. Awesome. Just a shark in there, of course. Um, so yeah, so we normally don't do retrospectives like this because I normally like a retrospective that's not subjective because that's kind of the fun of it as you're just going through a series of films. Um, but I've kind of exhaustively revisited a whole bunch of shark movies over the last couple of weeks and um, the good ones, uh-huh. <laughs> not the trash. And I'm not looking for, oh, this one's good because it's so bad. I'm looking for no genuinely enjoyable yep. movies. Um, they can be bad and enjoyable, but they have to be you know, genuinely good. Um, and then I'm going to be running through them, I think with Katie and maybe Alison actually, um, or maybe Tamara. Um, but we're going to do that and I'm going to do the top 10 ones I'm electing to them. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. get them in to watch them with me. And we're going to place them in order at the end of the podcast. What's the best shot movie? Spoilers. I think we all know. Um, mm-hmm. but what is the second, third, fourth and fifth and sixth are more important. 48 meters down, 47 meters down. We'll definitely be on that list though. Okay. The best shark I'm struggling to think of other shark movies now, other than Deep Blue Sea and The Jaws. We have to tune in, Tom. Oh, I'll yeah. reveal the list right now, but I'll spoil the podcast. Yeah, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, um, All right. So, you're poisoned. You've done Italy. Food poisoned. I'm on the man now. Good. Um, that makes me happy. Yeah, that curry that I just had probably wasn't the best idea. Was it not? Well, it's spicier than advertised. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Well, literally, maybe. Yeah. Um, I got some just plain rice. Though, if you want. That's all right. Are you ready to talk about some, some yeah, yeah. And stuff? Yeah, so I'm ready to talk about whatever you throw at me, even though I've done zero preparation. That's how I like it. All right. You're an opinion- opinionated man, though, which is my Thank favorite you. kind of person. I'm taking that as a compliment. <laughs> as in you have no censor. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have this little pile of video games in front of me. If you're not watching the podcast, you can go to YouTube, type in We Are Geeks, and our feed will turn up. We Are Tessellate. And you can subscribe to that and watch this stuff. Um, I keep getting this in front of me and not going through the games because there's been a deluge of fucking games <coughs> coming out over the last couple of months, Tom. 
Now, I know you uh -huh. used to be a big gamer. You're kind of like now you don't have as much time for it in your life like most yep. of us. But you're still interested in the uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm always interested in the big games. Yeah. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep a sort of semi-ear to the ground and what's sort of... That is how you find out about the big video things. Games. Yeah, and then if it's like, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not a fan of all games. I'm a fan of specific no. types of games. Good, good, good. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering quickly, because I keep saying I'm going to run through these games because I have tried all of them. Um, some have obviously put more time into than others. Um, but I just want to cover them quickly just to say what's worth checking out and what isn't. So I've got PlayStation 4 and Xbox One games. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm -hmm. uh, this was the big one, obviously, from PlayStation. Oh, I've seen the coming. trailer for this. Yeah, this is a big deal. It's from Guerrilla Games who did Kill Zones. Um, but this was the one. This was like one of the games PlayStation for years now has been kind of hyping as it's going to be their sort of, you know, Halo gives a war mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, and basically futuristic robot dinosaurs. Yeah, it's essentially, and it really is, Katie's been playing a lot more of this than me because it's way in her wheelhouse. Um, this was what she was very excited for. Great female protagonist who looks just like um, a cross between the girl out of Game of Thrones and the girl from Brave. Um, and the game is essentially Far Cry meets Tomb Raider. Oh, cool. Um, in, all, in all aspects in terms of mechanics and With what you're doing. With futuristic robot dinosaurs. With futuristic robot dinosaurs mm -hmm. and a kind of you know, lost level of what's going on here, secrets in the world, trying to figure out the story. Um, huge critical acclaim that has only been eclipsed because of Zelda, which we're not going to be covering here because we've talked <laughs> enough about that. But yeah, critics like were crazy for this and then Zelda came out like a week later. So sadly, it did get uh -huh. eclipsed a little uh, in the public press. But Horizon, like 100%, it's a phenomenal game. Um, for me, I would, it's the best looking game I've ever played in my life. It's, it's insane. It's them, them's big words. Um, no, it, it, just, it just factually is. It's the first one made for PlayStation Pro from the ground up. So right. it looks like it's built for 4K and HDR and stuff. And it's just beautiful. Uh, all I've seen, I've seen this advertised mainly in the cinema. And we've had this conversation before. But like the problem with advertising video games in the cinema is yeah. they always look shit. Yeah. And so my impression of this is uh, futuristic robot dinosaurs and right. looks a bit ropey graphically. Oh, that's incredible. Because that's all I've seen <laughs> in, the, in the cinema. It looks crap. Isn't it? It looks beautiful. Trust uh -huh. me. Um, for me, it's a little bit antiquated. Like, I'm a little bit bored with the Tomb Raider Far Cry mechanics. Yeah. So it's not sucked me in like um, Zelda has. Um, but it's a beautiful, very interesting core game. Definitely recommend. Uh, ready? We have Neo, which is basically like a samurai version of Dark Souls. Uh, it's from Japan, and it's a cool game. Uh, people really, this took people by surprise. It's definitely a sleeper hit this year. Uh, if you like Dark Souls, which I do, I'm a huge fan of Dark Souls. I'm not as big a fan of Neo. It moves quicker and it's a different type of combat. I prefer the slow combat of Dark Souls, uh, but definitely a quality game worth checking out. We've got Yakuza 0, <coughs> which is the latest in a long line of games where we tend to get them three years after Japan has had them. <laughs> and they're very hard to explain. They're basically the evolution of Shenmue. Do you remember that game? No. So you wander around, you get like a virtual part of J Japan. You can interact with stuff. You can go buy toys. You can go to karaoke bars. You can go to bars and just drink and talk to people. You can get in fist fights. You can go play. Uh, you can go talk to ho uh, hostess bars and chat up girls, see prostitutes, like okay. do what kind you want. And then there's a big sort of mafia godfather story going on underneath it. Um, it's exactly like the rest of them. <laughs> like if you played a Yuki's game, you know what that's like. Mm -hmm. Gravity Rush 2 which was the sequel to the PS Vita game Gravity Rush 1, which you can play remastered on PlayStation 4. Um, it's really beautiful. It's got a fun game mechanic to do with yeah, using gravity and jumping around from world to world. Um, it's not grab me, but it's definitely like a good 7 or 8 out of 10 game. Mm -hmm. ah, Here we yes. go. I've seen the trailer for this. 7. It looks fucking terrifying. So we're going to talk about both versions here. <laughs> we've got Resident Evil 7, which I've talked quite a bit on the podcast about, but we've got the PS VR version. 
and then the Xbox One There's version. a VR version of Resident Evil? Yeah. Is that like just the worst nightmare ever? It is pretty horrible. Like, um, that would fucking <laughs> turn Because like, the trailer of it looks bad enough, but you could actually be in that. Yes. Jesus. So the problem is, so it's the first game with PSVR just to be, fuck it. We're not going to worry about it. It might make you sick. Because no other game's letting you control your character fully in first person like that, really. Um, right. They're just saying, fuck it, just do it. And it's intense, for sure. Um, it's There are certain bits. like So I started playing it in VR. Then I went over to Xbox One because I just was like, I don't, I'm not going to play the whole game in VR, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to get achievements. I should have kept playing in PS4. The real way to play this game, play on PS4 and then just jump into VR when you feel like it. Right. You know, every now and then. Which is never. <laughs> I was just like, with friends, I was playing with, who was around? Chris and Haruka, I think. Um, and weirdly, I didn't find it that scary. But then when I played for the actual game, I was getting terrified playing it without VR. So there are definitely bits later on in the game, yeah. which... I mean, yeah, I, I kind of want to have a go with that after we finish recording. All right. Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know why it would be absolutely horrifying. But, it's uh, pretty horrible. Yeah. But it definitely gets worse later. Well, I, when I say later, so everyone's saying the same thing about Resident Evil 7, and I agree. It is a brilliant game. Right. Like, it's a really good game. It's the best Resident Evil arguably ever, I think. Uh-huh. Like, not at impact, but looking at them now objectively. The end of it is shit. Like, okay. the last third is shit. But the first two thirds are fantastic. Right. I might have to buy oh, it. I recommend it. Get it like five minutes in and then just get up. That's <laughs> what happens when I do with horror. Well, it just it changes the dynamic of where the scares are coming from. And for <clears> me, <throat> the first two thirds of the scares are really good. Uh, you got For Honor, which is this multiplayer Viking samurais and um, knights uh, game that is quality. It's Ubisoft and mm-hmm. it's very well made, just not my kind of thing. Lego Worlds. So this is one that's been a long time gestating. It's basically Minecraft meets Lego, um, which you think would be Huge. the best evolution of yeah. that. It's a bit janky. Like, I was right. playing it, and I was like, yeah. And like, they've tried to tailor it too much for kids. It's a long tutorial. For me, it was like, it should be like Minecraft. You just wake up, and you're in your world. Off you go. Like, mm-hmm. figure it out. But no, they really lead you by the hand. It's a decent game, and I think if you have kids, this is, like, fantastic. But if you have kids, they're playing Minecraft. So, <laughs> who cares? Sniper Elite 4. Weirdly, a lot of people are interested in this. That is a lot of games. Including you, Nuge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> nearly three. I haven't played that and much. And you've though. been playing Zelda as well as this is what I mean. I've only put, some of these have only put like an hour or two into. Right, I'll okay. be honest. Resident Evil Seven, I did complete. Right. Um, Sniper Elite Four, it's it's yeah, like the other Sniper Elite games. Like it really is. Like I know some people are kind of hankering for this because uh, there hasn't been a sniping game in a while. But if you need a sniping game, go to the last game that I'm about to get to. Uh, Torment, Tides of Numenaria. Um, yeah, this is. This is the geekiest game I've ever bought. <laughs> and I only got it because it's been getting to 9 out of 10s. You know, and I think they're right if you're into that type of game. But it's isometric. Um, it's very Dungeon Dragon-y. There's, it's all talking. It's like it's all text-based. Like Oof. huge amounts of text-based. And for me, I'm just not into that. I'm really and not. Experience a deep science fantasy epic spanning countless lifetimes when you're not playing Zelda. Yep, exactly. Okay. Um, so no, I have no time or ha- warmth <laughs> in my heart for Torment, but I get like, yeah, if you're into that, great. The last game I want to talk about is Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, so two years ago at E3, I think on this podcast, I cited this as the most exciting thing at E3. I was mm-hmm. crazy excited about it. It looked like Far Cry times 100, but playing online with three of your buddies, drop in, drop out whenever mm-hmm. you want to, so you don't have to always be playing together, which is always the problem with online. Um, then I played it at last year's E3 and it was my biggest disappointment because <laughs> I played right. it with the developer and three people they just pay you up with randomly. Yeah. Um, 
and I failed miserably. Okay. <laughs> There's like a mark on my map and I parachuted straight into it and the developer got angry with me because you were meant to like parachute outside of it and then stealth your way in. And instead okay. I was just like, yeah, it just went straight in the middle. And then he tried to chastise me by going, well, now this guy is just going to die straight away, you see, because he's parachuting in the middle. So I hid and no one killed me. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I'm playing this with Chris Straver, friend of the podcast, uh, Nooch, who actually puts the podcast up, um, and a friend of his. And we're doing this every few nights, and it's the only game that's making me break from Zelda. Not necessarily because it's incredible, but just because it's really fun to play with friends. Is, is there, so they're not as difficult as they used to be, the Ghost Recon games? No, not at all. Right, okay. Um, bits of it are challenging, but essentially it's just a huge open world map, mm-hmm. and you can go wherever you want. And yeah, the only reason I wouldn't play it if I was on my own, to be honest, right now, because right. it's too much like every other Ubisoft game out there. But you can drop in and drop out whenever you want with your friends. So it's so nice. You can just constantly jump in and out and play however you want, whenever you want. It is the buggiest game I've ever played in my mm-hmm. life. So the first time we booted it up, it crashed within two minutes. We booted it up again, it crashed within two minutes. Um, I've had literally about 50 little bugs throughout the game. Tons and tons of little humorous, like amusing ones. Like, oh, I can see Nooch is doing something. And in his screen, he's seeing something completely different. Uh-huh. Definitely the worst one. And this is game breaking, and I do have to say this, is we were walking through a mission and we suddenly became overwhelmed. And we had no idea why. And we'd all died and we came back. We were overwhelmed. Yeah, just bad guys just kept appearing. And they were just spawning, spawning, spawning. And it took us about half an hour to an hour to realize from me dropping out of the game that they were fine. And as soon as I jumped into the game, I had like a virus attached to my character, which I've never heard of in a console game or how that even practically work where whenever I was in their game and I walked around, two bad guys would just appear. <laughs> and they would appear behind me so I could see them. But the guys would like, my friends would be there looking at them and they could just see these two people just suddenly fucking appear <laughs> and just start shooting at us. And it would be never ending. And so we got into a car to go, well, what happens if I'm in a car and I'm driving away? And they fucking matrixed in. They possessed <laughs> two people driving in a car next to us <laughs> to take us out. It was That is cool. It was, it was actually kind of cool. <laughs> until you realize, oh, I can't play this it's game like anymore. Just trolling you through the entire game. Exactly. And you're meant to be doing stealth. It's like, you can't do stealth in that. Like, we'll be creeping in. I'm like, oh, that's cool. None of my guys have appeared. And suddenly, boom, they'll just appear. The alarm would go off. And you just fucked. Why? Well, like, you couldn't, like, every time you start, turned it off and on again. We tried like, reinstalling the game. Wow. We tried updating. The only way I could get it to go away was to kill my character and start from scratch. Which meant I lost, like, 15 levels oh, with my character. Man. I lost all my equipment. And I was pissed. Yeah. And even when I did that and recreated my character in the character creation screen, they, like, moved the character behind the the toolbars so as you're changing face and blah 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 you can't see him oh, man. it's so bad did you like you should have just tweeted them or something so like yeah um, we're actually we're composing an email <laughs> that's an ongoing thing yeah it's taking so long like several drafts um, but i would still recommend it despite that because it's a lot of fun with friends and right, i'm sure okay. they'll patch that sort of stuff and right. fix it anyway they're the games let's move so into, know, if, as a non sort of obsessive, sorry. as a non regular gamer, if I was going to play any of those games, what, what should I go for? I mean, it depends what you want and how much time you have in your life. Not Knowing time, you, and I, I want would say entertainment. Um, I would say, and I don't have a PS4. You know, well, that yeah, that just fucks <laughs> you. I mean, Horizon is the game you'd love because I know how much right, you like okay. Tomb Raider, and you, you know, like you would love Horizon. Right, okay, uh, but Resident Evil Seven. Right, okay. uh, it's short. It's not too long. Oh. And honestly, when you get into the bit where you think, oh, this is shit, maybe it'll get better, stop playing. <laughs> because it does uh, not really? get better. It just gets worse and worse. Um, but you can get through the good stuff in like Sweet. six hours. Cool. Six terrifying hours. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. Yeah. 
All right, let's go into the news. We've got seven pieces here um, to talk about. <clears throat> We're going to start off with some Suicide Squad 2 news, All our right. favorite topic. Yep. Entertainment journalist Jeff Snyder has let leak that he thinks he knows who Warner Brothers are approaching to direct the sequel to last year's uh, critical bomb but financial success, Suicide Squad. He says the number one choice is Mel Gibson. But if Gibson wow. passes, they're looking to Juan Colette Serra to deliver. Uh, he also has, well, sorry, there are also a bunch of other directors who they're looking at. So we've got the four directors here, not including Gibson. So, that, I, so hang on. Like, that's not so I, 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 I sort of maybe briefly saw that they were even considering a Suicide Squad to there last week. Like, is this like it's a no, it made so much money that even though it's just universally panned? Yeah. That doesn't matter. But like, do you not think a lot of that would have been due to. I guess it's kind of high profile and it's uh you know it's a superhero movie mm-hmm. like a lot of promotion a lot of trailers and a lot of big stars in it but do you not think a lot of the budget sorry a lot of the the, the box office was because people kind of were going to go see it anyway and then it got sl- like when it got panned you mean they won't go and more see more sequel. people go because it's getting such bad reviews oh, you right got, you know so would that really sustain it over a second movie like surely the novelty wears off well here's something that I'm I'm genuinely very passionate about and. I think is a big problem with how the Hollywood system works with this stuff. Um, and I keep trying to talk to it with producers on me in LA and people don't really listen to me because what do I know? But you you make a movie and it makes money and people think, oh, we'll make the next one. But for me, when you're looking at a franchise and it becomes really clear when you do the franchise retrospectives like the mm-hmm. Jason ones, the ones that were the worst and that nobody liked normally made the most money. And the yeah. reason why is because the one before that was normally really good. Mm-hmm. And so the word of mouth of, oh, the last one was good. Loads of people went to see the sec- the next one. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? The one after the bad one, which is way better normally than the bad <laughs> one, makes no money. Yeah. Because people have been burnt on the previous one. Right. So they don't go to so see the next one. So you're saying the next one's going to be better, but it's not going to do as well? Potentially, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. saying there's a lag. I think there's always a film <laughs> lag in a franchise. Yeah. And you can't, like, trust... You know, you can't trust as a producer looking at the money of what film made what. Yeah. That's all they look at. They just look at, oh, well, this movie made money, so let's do one just like that again. I suppose the thing with the Suicide Squad as well is like they could t- potentially do a second movie that doesn't even use the same characters as the first one. I mean, yeah. Mar, um, what's her name, Robbie. Yeah, Margot Robbie. Do you know what I mean? Like Harley you could Quinn. do a full like new, like kind of what the X Men do. There's a new yeah. the core one or two, but then, yeah. Keep Boomerang Man in. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. So we don't want to get into this game, but you know how much you were kind of not apologist for the film, but you enjoyed it for yeah. the shit it yeah. was. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I can recognize it was a piece of shit, but I liked the concept. I kind of liked the character. Like the, the, the sort of the, the funness of the concept got me through everything else. Even yeah. though like I sat in the cinema actively disliking lots and lots of it. Yeah. 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 I still thought, you know, this is a dumb superhero popcorn movie with bad guys fine yeah whereas i yeah really hated it. <laughs> like other than american sniper it was yeah. my least favorite film in the last 10 years probably <laughs> but this is the thing i'm i'm still interested in the suicide squad too yeah because i think yeah there's plenty you can do with it like i think mm-hmm. there's plenty of exciting things you could do with that i just feel they fucked it up completely with the writing the directing the editing the yeah. effects like all that stuff i don't actually feel the acting was necessarily a problem with that movie or the characters even it's other than yeah boomerang guy um, but so I'm kind of yeah I am not I don't want to say I'm excited but I'm completely open doored to well the thing uh, yeah I be. kind of agree and the I mean we're going to yeah, tell about the directors here but if they give it to a director and let the director do what they want to do then it could be a you know it could actually be a success because wasn't that the big well one of the main 
sort of issues that with the Suicide Squad, it was like it got recut and re-edited yeah, so many times. times between what the studio wanted, what the director wanted. Let's try and make it funny now because Guardians has come out and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So you go to like a complete mess. There's a, really, a couple of really good YouTube videos that like go through this, like the different styles and the movies that came yeah, out yeah, yeah. all over the place. Um, whereas if you get a good director who has a vision from the start to the finish, mm-hmm then you know there's no reason which why is how it should always thing. be yeah. like and i'm not saying <laughs> yeah, directors have all the power i think it produces you because i'm putting the money in mm. but they should hire a director who they trust in yeah and then you shouldn't go back on that later you know yeah um but anyway these are the four directors that they're looking at not including gibson so i want you to tell <laughs> me i want you to gibson suicide squad <laughs> i want that name yeah. above it uh, i want you to tell me which of these four you would okay. be most interested in. right so you got juan colette sarah who's currently number one in the running he did house of wax he did the remake. The remake, <laughs> uh, which I actually really liked. He did Orphan and he did The Shallows. Ah. You have... Do you want to do these one by one or do you want, do you want me to uh, go through them? Yeah, go through them all. Uh, you got Ruben Fleischer. He directed Zombieland, uh, Gangster Squad, and now Zombieland 2, which he's doing. Ah. You have Daniel Espinosa, who did Safe House, Child 44, and definitely his biggest film is The Upcoming Life with Jake Gyllenhaal and people. Oh, yeah. Then Jonathan Levine who you all know from All the Boys Love Mandy Lane. He then did uh-huh. Warm Bodies the night before, 50-50, went into stoner comedies in the latter half of his career. Um, so which out of those... Here you go, you can have a quick look. So you can, who are you most interested in? Um, who would I take? Uh, well, um, I, for me, I would go with Zombieland guy. Yep. I'm, I'm exactly the same. He, the problem, my only worry about him... Because for me, a Suicide Squad movie that's like Zombieland where you have genuine characters, but it's funny and goofy, yeah. would be perfect. Mm-hmm. But he's only proven himself to do that once so far. Yeah, Gangster Squad was a bit of a letdown. Yeah. That. So Jonathan Levine for me is like, he's done it again and again with comedy. So I feel like he could probably handle the comedy better. But if Ruben Fleischer could nail it, I feel yeah. he's done the highest standard of that with Zombieland. I would, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, Zombieland guy wins it for me. Because, yeah, it's that... You, you're going to want to have some sort of humor in there anyway. It's interesting how many of them have horror backgrounds. Yeah, well. that's yeah. what I'm looking at. Well, that that works for me. Like, I mean, Suicide Squad should be a kind of horror yeah. movie to a certain extent, shouldn't it? I mean, you've got these kind of cast of supervillains, which are, you know, essentially, you know, horror characters. Yeah. Uh, you need to find a joy in the nastiness of it. So it would be really cool if they did it like, kind of like Deadpool, like really adult, really violent, but kind of humorous as well. Yeah. Like if they're... If they're smart, because obviously I know best. <laughs> that's, DC, so. that's that's what they should do. That's, I mean, that's that's a no-brainer, though, don't you think? Yeah. Like, if they're trying to, like, if they change that movie to try and be a little bit more like Guardians, because, okay, like, Marvel come up with this, you know, mm-hmm. humorous ensemble movie, then surely they should be looking with one eye on Deadpool now, because, like, that's the big success story. And you've got these, you know, they're bad guys, essentially. They should be swearing and being violent and being nasty. Yeah, so what rating was Suicide Squad? I've forgotten. Was that... Did they end up being R? Because, I mean, after Deadpool and Logan, like, they proved you can do R movies that make tons and tons of money. Yeah. And two very different, you know, one very somber, one very goofy. And, yeah, I'm in a camp where, yeah, I hope they don't then just decide to make everything, like, Superman R-rated and stuff like that. But I don't think that's a worry. Um, But for something like this, yeah, absolutely. You want to let a horror director in, he's got a sense of humor, who's allowed to do what the fuck they want and just go crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't have a super cool movie by doing that. Who would you want back, though, from the original? I definitely would want, yeah, Harley Quinn back. Yeah. I don't need Joker in it. Um, no, 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 no way. Um, oh, he, that would be box office, wouldn't it? Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're going to want get, Will Smith gonna... back, aren't they, obviously? Cause he's I, like... I didn't mind Will Smith, but again, the problem with Will Smith is he's too he's not enough of a bad guy. 
Yeah. Like, if, like I say, if I if my Suicide t- Squad two movie that I would like to see is ultra violent, ultra nasty, really nasty, um, then I'm not really sure you can do that without Will Smith character. They made him slightly too sympathetic. Yeah. yeah Although I'd- I mean, you know, he he's got humor, sort of. He's a, he's naturally humorous kind of guy, isn't he? So. Yeah, I think they'd need to re- need to sort of retcon him. A bit. Yeah, I mean, other than that, who would you have back? I mean, I don't know if I would, to be honest. I mean, I would really, I would love to have a Killer Croc that I want to see. I didn't like the Killer Croc in that, yeah. um, but I feel like you, I want like a fantasy monster creature, you know, like a properly out there, completely we'll, wild we'll, out there creature. We'll definitely have the Katana Blade girl back. Yeah, because you know that bit of setup where she's like, "Don't get hit by her her sword yeah, because yeah, it captures yeah. its souls," and then nothing happens with that yeah. the rest of the movie. <laughs> Clearly, that's a setup for the yeah. second one. So she's definitely that's so. Like, she was all right because she's just <laughs> innocuous. She's not offensive. I mean, she's probably offensive if you're Japanese, but she's not like as a character. She doesn't really do because much. she doesn't. So do, she's she's not a character. Because yeah. where some of the others <laughs> actually actively annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah, I can't even remember who else was in it. I'm drawing a blank after Will Smith. Uh, Harley Quinn Killer Croc, Killer Croc. That guy um, Rick Flag, Obviously We don't need him back Yeah Rick Flag. Yeah Boomerang guy um, I think that's about it Wasn't it Probably missing someone Yeah so probably, There's a whole squad of them There was Officially <laughs> a squad Yes um, Alright Some game news uh, So we're, we're saying The Suicide Squad 2 Could s- actually be really good I think it could be great So we're going back To being optimistic now Cautiously yeah, right. optimistic Fine that, yeah. I mean that's an achievement In itself <laughs> but I so. feel we did that. <laughs> I don't think that's anything to do with them. <laughs> I mean, and if they give it to Mel Gibson, like that would just could be so bad shit. Oh, that'd be insane. Yeah, everyone's getting crucified. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, all right, number two. We're known for a while the upcoming standalone Uncharted DLC, The Lost Legacy, will start Chloe and Nadine. But now comes word that Nate Drake himself won't be appearing at any point throughout the title. Right, uh, Josh. Can I, is there going to be any spoilers? There's no spoilers here for, for Uncharted Four. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, writer Josh Sher said we entertained a few possible ideas uh, around including Nate as a secondary character but everything we did felt superfluous um, and game director Kurt Marginu followed up with saying we're not is that the official pronunciation that is with a question mark it's in his name <laughs> yeah. um, he says we're not going to touch on Nathan Drake in this at all uh, the DLC will still acknowledge his existence however and other characters from the series may make cameo appearances I was about to say some more info about it, but I won't now because I don't want to give you any spoilers. Oh, really? It will, however, include the single largest level in any Uncharted game. And it will be standalone, so you don't even need to own Uncharted 4 if you want to play Uncharted. But you will need to own a PS4. You will need to own a PS4. I will need to sort that out at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's frustrating, actually, because I actually just... um, Because I just upgraded the PS Pro over here and I gave my old PS4 to Chris for a while. But I can get it off him and give it to you for a while to play some games for a month or two. I would, I would very much appreciate that. Okay, done. Because it, the only like I, I only had a PS3 because you lent me your PS3 just to play Uncharted. Yep. I mean, I'm, <laughs> you, you can do the same thing again yeah. now for the next generation of console. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's painful to me that you don't <laughs> know how Uncharted 4 ends. <laughs> it's it's uh, a great game. Uh, Beauty and the Beast has opened with a record-breaking March opening, meaning that Disney now takes six of the top ten biggest box office debuts in history. Uh, overall or unadjusted just for inflation uh, overall right uh, and it knocks Nolan's The Dark Knight out of the top 10 wow yep huh. um, so actually I had a list here but now I've lost so Disney it. that we including Marvel in that obviously Disney owned the top six of the top 10 yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I believe so Hound. I have a list here somewhere to give me a second and that will include Star Wars Force Awakens as well obviously oh. and Disney own it all 
Um, yeah, the list of an updated top ten movies. That's an time. odd stat because that like the best opening of March. Like, why is why is March important? Um, like, surely March could sometimes include Easter and sometimes not. So then that's kind of skewing the stats a little bit. That is true. That is true. But but I mean, regardless, it's in the top ten just opening weekends. Can Easter ever be in March? Have I got that really wrong? Can Easter ever be in March? I mean, Jesus can come back whenever he wants, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Maybe March is outside the the bracket. The parameters of God's powers. When Easter could be, yeah. Limitations. No, I'm. Well, you probably read the Bible. I'm such a bad Catholic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So here we go. These are the top ten grossing films of all time. Uh, which that just piqued my interest in it because Beauty and Beast was like fuck me that's yep. god damn. I don't want to spend too much time talking about Beauty and Beast I've talked about it the last three weeks uh, yeah and plus I, I don't and I don't I care about it I hate the idea of this film so much why just because it's just a, a complete rerun of the cartoon? yeah I, well yeah I don't want to get into it again. but okay. yeah I fucking hate any redo that like the psycho one is basically shot for shot yeah um, particularly when this is essentially not a live action it is essentially a CGI yeah, yeah. so it's like oh great there's a CGI remake of the 2D fantastic beautiful mm-hmm. movie from 92 or whenever it was what's the point in that and then all the clips I've seen, which are extensive, like 15 minute clips, look like trash to me. Like, he doesn't look great as the beast. Like, he looks stupid. Um, she's just unconvincing as a, a human, human being, yeah. Yeah, which she always is. And <laughs> holding up here, the Christoph Gans, director of Brotherhood of the Wolf and Silent Hills, two years ago, he did a version of Beauty and the Beast with Vincent Cassell and the girl from, uh, what's her name? Sidhu? Yeah. Um, from Blue is the Warmest Color and Spectre. Mm. He did a huge, lavish CGI, just as lavish as this Beauty and the Beast. Uh, that came out in France, highly recommend it. Um, it is not a perfect film by any means, but it's way more interesting and different, and it does something different um, with the story. Never been a big fan of the Beauty and the Beast story. That's fair enough. Remember that, like, TV? Was it the TV? Oh, yeah, Ron Perlman and Linda Hamilton. Oh, I hated that show. I love that. <laughs> it, get, it used to give me nightmares. Got a cat man with a hood walking around like a bum. I hated it. Awesome. Um, but regardless, it's shoehorned its fucking way into the top 10 films because everyone's, everyone's an idiot. Ever. Yep. That's just opening weekend. Though. Yeah, it is just opening weekend. Ah, okay. So right. things even out a lot after that, you know. Yeah, okay. Time yeah, yeah, will yeah. tell. Number 10 is The Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 9 is Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Yep, understand. I would have thought that'd be higher. Number 8 is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Okay. Number seven, that's the next number after eight, mm-hmm. uh, is Iron Man 3. Wow. Number six. That oh, makes one, sense, two, I suppose. That was the first Marvel movie after the Avengers. Yeah, that's true. That's what I mean, see? Knock-on effect. Mm. Number six is Beauty and the Beast. God. Number five is Captain America Civil War. How much do you reckon Beauty and the Beast's success is due to the Jungle Book success? A lot, yeah. 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 And that's the thing, like, because I didn't really like the Jungle Book, but it was different. Mm. It wasn't slavishly following the original, and I approve of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, number four is Avengers oh, Age of five? Ultron. Five was kept Civil War. Oh, okay, yep. So, yeah, you got Civil War, Age of Ultron at number four. Uh, number three is The Avengers. Huh. Um, number Hang on, so there's Aven- The Avengers are in reverse order? Yeah, basically. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, number two, Jurassic World. <laughs> uh, number one biggest opening of all time is Star Wars The Force Awakens. And that's unlikely to be beaten until December. Yeah, that's that. Uh, what was it? Opening weekend was $254 million. Number two with Jurassic World is $211 million. Interesting that Rogue One isn't anywhere on that list. Yeah, no. No, it did not do. Hmm. Uh, it did very, very well, but not that well I think Rogue One was more of a warmer as well it took a while for people to realise oh this is different and they want to go see it and yeah no but seriously just Star Wars like you know if they're talking about that knock on effect like the new Star Wars comes yeah, back last year and it was amazing you know past gross and opening of all time then here's the next one and you know you're not underestimating or you're overestimating how many people 
whichever way around um you're not having any recognizable characters in those trailers mm. you know? well up and then trailers yeah okay. exactly trailers. so i feel one well, of the time people went to see the film and had those added scenes with darth vader and stuff yeah. and they told their friends and oh i want to go see it if fucking yeah, darth vader's okay. in that or whatever, yeah. Yeah. and carrie fisher exactly hmm. um anyway so there you go beauty and the beast sticking its ugly ugly head into the top 10 <laughs> things all time. ugly beastly head yeah Alien, here we go. Ooh, I'm very excited about the new Alien movie. Well, Ridley Scott has accidentally dropped the name for the next Alien movie. Okay. Um, so the is road to Prometheus Alien... Prometheus 2, by any chance? No, which is what Alien, the fuck it should have been. Prometheus 2. Well, that, but that's... So we talked Alien about this. Alien versus Prometheus. So originally, because the first line I have written down here is, the road to Alien Covenant has been a long and bizarre one, including a somewhat deserted plan for Prometheus 2, as well as Neil Blomkamp's Alien 5. Yeah. Because, yeah, like... He was making... Alien 5 and developing with them and they loved his pitch for it and at the same time Ridley Scott was making Prometheus 2 yeah and then at some point there was this weird kerfuffle no one knew what was going on yeah. and there was weird vibes going on with Neil Blomkamp and he kind of left it and then Ridley Scott suddenly came out it was called officially Prometheus 2 and yeah. then it was Prometheus 2 Covenant and then suddenly it was called Alien Covenant yeah. and they just seemed to decide oh no we don't want to do Alien 5 but now we're interested in it again thanks Neil <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to call it Alien now and it's they, interesting because the the Alien Covenant trailer looks very, very much like an Alien movie. Yeah, it's 100% an Alien like, movie. I, I don't see any Prometheus no. other than um, Fastbender. Fastbender. Which is he's not even playing the same character. Yeah, it's going to be confusing what the fuck yeah. they're doing with that. Um, but that's what I mean. It is so obviously, like from the <clears throat> very public history of how that, those films were being developed, they were making Prometheus 2, they got interested in Alien 5 and Neil Blomkamp, they realized they couldn't do them at the same time. Ridley Scott, who's clearly got more power over all of uh-huh. this, came and said, you know what, I want to do an Alien 5. And then they rejig Prometheus 2 completely from scratch to become what they wanted to be. I don't think they touched what Neil Blomkamp had because his ideas were very out there. Okay. But I'm sure it impregnated the idea again because it was Prometheus 2 and now it's not. Like, there's do you, nothing you reckon that he, Ridley Scott completely changed his movie to make it more of an Alien film? Yes. Really? 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's very translucent when you look at the history of like the two to three year development of this stuff happening. But it's still, from what I gather, it's still, from what I've read, it's still going to carry on the Prometheus story. Like you are going to find out what happened to... Um... Interesting, you should say that. Tom. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> For how confusing this is about okay, to get. Me, yep. In an interview with Fandango, Ridley Scott says, quote, there will be another one before we kind of literally and logically clockwise back into the back into the sorry the head of the original alien so it's going to go and here's where he accidentally dropped the next film's name as it currently stands prometheus awakening and then covenant fairly integral where this colonization awakening and then yep so (laughs) what yes he accidentally dropped the name of what the new film's going to be and as i've written down here it means a prequel will be made to the sequel of the prequel before moving on no to make more sequels way. to the older prequels no way so he's basically skipped a film so there's prometheus then he's the fucking covenant and he's also said all of these films will not so he wants to make four films um four sorry new <laughs> you're getting he wants to make four new films where did he say this? Blah, blah, blah. Hang on. I, 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 yeah, he intends to make four more Alien films. After after Covenant? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he knows. <laughs> yes, yeah, know. after Covenant. Because he wants there to be a trilogy, which is Prometheus Awakening Covenant, and then three more. Um, wow. And he's also said that the final three would not take place after the original Alien. So all six of these movies, including Prometheus and Covenant, take place before Alien 1. And the way he's doing it right now will be Prometheus and Covenant then you'll get a prequel to that with Awakening and then he'll start doing the sequels to what is the prequel with Covenant. Oh, fuck's sake. 
He's full of shit. He's, he sounds like a doddering old man. Who's <laughs> There's just, no way he's going to make four more Alien films. That's, but it, it's weird because like when George Lucas came back and did the prequels, you're like, okay, well, yeah, because you're George Lucas and you don't do anything else. Yeah. Whereas Ridley Scott is he's still an active filmmaker. An act, yeah, and does interesting movies. Yeah, there's no way he's going to commit nah. the rest of his life till he dies. That doesn't make any things. sense. Like for given that he he abandoned it for so so long. Yeah. So but, this kind and of all of a sudden you come back and oh, this is all I want to do it doesn't make any sense and I'm, I'm excited like as it says here at the end like Alien Covenant has promised to be the most gory alien film ever uh, and it's going to hit theatres May the 19th in the US May the 12th in the UK I'm really excited I mean, for this yeah, movie exactly. that, that's even great. if it's dumb and it makes no sense I don't care yeah I mean, I it, looks, it just looks like a, an alien movie yeah uh, which is fine. I mean, they could have done with not showing so much in the trailer, but that's my that's my bugbear. The everything. second trailer, you mean? Well, the one where it shows you the, sh- the, sh- the shower scene. It's like, yeah, but you still don't well. see the alien in that first yeah, trailer. The second one, you do. I don't but, think I've seen it. I mean, yeah. I close my eyes every time it's on. But uh, and the other thing, I mean, again, not to go off about trailers again, but I suppose we know the beats of alien movies so well by this point. Yep. That you know. And it plays the out in the trailer with a guy, you know, it's coming and it comes out of his back. Okay, right, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, other than that, I, I still think there's, it looks cool enough and it does seem to have this darker, nastier vibe to it, which I'm all in. Yeah. But I, I was, before you, you know, you said any of that, I mean, I'm looking forward to going into this movie, you know, almost as much in terms of it being an alien film as I'm interested to see what happens now after Prometheus. Okay. Because, I mean, as much as Prometheus had its problems, I watched it again recently and it is... I'm in, I'm interested to know what happens next. You know, mm-hmm. she jets off at the end with Fassbender to go and find the alien home planet. Okay, that's pretty cool. I don't think you're going to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but from what I've read of the synopsis, in the Alien Covenant, they land on a planet and they find Fassbender there. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he's not the one he plays in Prometheus, but he's the not. rumor could be he's a variation of it. Or the original even, maybe? Maybe, I don't, I don't know. know. But again, like, I mean, not to shit on Covenant too much, but even just reading the synopsis, uh, a crew on some ship mm-hmm. travel well, out, but land on, a, on, a, on an unknown planet, yep. and they find, oh, look, they find these little egg things, and they take one on, and something comes out of it, and it goes on to... Yep. Like, but okay. I mean, that's, I'm fine I'm fine with them retreading and not doing anything new, as long as it's an enjoyable, you know, movie. Yeah. My problem with is it's just all this bullshit. It's just like, mm. with, with Prometheus, my problem with it, other than it wasn't an alien movie, which is fine. Um, definitely my favorite bit of the last couple of frames yeah. <laughs> when you see an alien yeah, person. Yeah. But my problem with it is that it's how Ridley Scott is approaching this stuff. Like he kept saying, oh, I want to do the prequel to Alien. And the question with Alien was, how did that ship get on that planet? Mm-hmm. So then he tells that perfectly in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards says, oh no, that's not that planet. You're like, oh, so you just did a whole contrived amount of circumstances mm-hmm. for that ship to land on that planet. And then you're yeah. like, oh no, that's not even it. We're going to do that again in two films time and that was his original statement ah, was that okay. that's not it it's going to lead on two more and the third one that will lead directly into alien because yeah i mean that that's you're yeah you're absolutely right i mean haven't watched yeah prometheus recently that at the end when the ship crash lands yeah it's the perfect setup it's great that's it yeah and then sure we can do a second story to do with fastbender and people that is kind of correlating into alien but uh, I'm just worried it's going to be a diluted, a weird diluted mess. But, but like, I mean, yeah, okay. So the, the, I mean, the, the, the best thing to do is to go into Covenant, go on. It's just going to be a standalone. Yeah, that's how I want to see it. Horror alien movie. That's all I'm going to say. It's like I don't care about anything else. I don't care if it's a mess narratively. Just let me enjoy the movie. That's all we're interested in. Yep. And Danny McBride's in it. And where is Predator? (laughs) That's all.
What is there going to be a predator? No, uh, <laughs> I was like, right. gonna is it also, I'm waiting for Ridley Scott to say, "Oh, and also, as well as the sequel to Prometheus, the prequel to Alien, and the sequel to the prequel that we're about to make, this is the prequel to Alien versus." Predator. Yeah, there's a post-credit stinger <laughs> where the where a predator shows up. Okay, that me All right, let's get through these quick. Uh, number five is just a simple one. Nintendo Switch. If you own one. Make sure you're updating your games. Uh, there have been significant updates made to most, if not all, of the Switch launch titles, including Bomberman and all the Neo Geo titles that were released in Europe and Japan. And they're significant. And I don't just mean in terms of stability. I mean graphics as well. There are significant improvements with them. Um, so check them out. Uh, number six, second to last bit of news, is Venom. So Sony has set the release date for Venom, the Spider-Man spinoff. Talking about confusing universes here tom mm-hmm. it will open in theaters next year on october the 5th 2018 next year right no director has been assigned yet do they have a script uh aquaman was originally slated for release that day but it's now been pushed to december um do they have a script interesting question um it is being written by scott rosenberg who did con air huh. gone in 60 seconds high fidelity i mean that is that's um... as well as jeff pinkner who did amazing spider-man 2 fringe alias and the fifth wave some uh, hardcore um, credentials right there yep so what they're saying is quote the film is being envisioned as a franchise apart from and unrelated to the upcoming <sighs> spider-man movie in the works with actor tom holland and it will not exist in the shared mcu spider-man homecoming in more positive news hits theaters <laughs> on july the 7th. <laughs> uh, at what point do you currently think we're going to reach peak superhero and the the, the wave is gonna <laughs> burst and it, we're just gonna it's just yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna there's just too much of them there's the, you know but it's just it's just too confusing for everybody yeah it's just way too confusing i mean people are still i was listening to this podcast um when they were going for all the x-men films and talking about them and they're saying when they got to no sorry not the x-men films which was it fuck it was no it's amazing spider-man uh-huh. And it got to the end of Amazing Spider-Man 2 and there was a trailer, a post-credits trailer for, which one was it? Days of Future Past? I think it yeah. was. And I remember this. I remember reading about it and just being like, this is so confusing for people because that's mm. not even, it was literally a, to do with a back-end deal to do with yeah. rights for stuff. Yeah, yeah, so I remember So that, Fox yeah. were like, well, you need to put a trailer for our film yeah. essentially at the end of your film. Yeah. Even though they exist in different universes, they yeah, were not yeah. related in any way. And people were coming out of the cinema saying, oh my God, Spider-Man's going to be in the next X-Men movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what people thought. Yeah. It's like, it's such a fucking contrived mess of <laughs> shit. Why would you make it messier? And what, is, I love Venom. I want to, I've wanted a Venom movie since the 90s when yeah. we first were trying to do one with James Cameron. Why, what is Venom without Spidey? Yeah. Now they are particular in their words here, which scares the shares the shares the shit out of shit out of shit out <laughs> Where they say it's unrelated to the upcoming movie and the works with actor Tom Holland. So they're going to do another Spider-Man? So it's like, would you have, are you going to get Andrew Garfield back again? Oh, like, what are you going to do? God. Another Spider-Man. I would watch Andrew Garfield all day long. But, uh, yeah, I know. But I, we don't need two Spider-Men running around, so I doubt that's going to happen. I mean, I totally lost all faith in Spider-Man after Garfield until... Yeah. Uh, Civil War. Yeah. 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 But was Andrew Garfield... Oh, we don't need to get into this. But was Andrew Garfield your problem with those films? We, no, he was one of the problems. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. His, his face is too... Uh, long he's got too much of a long face <laughs> that is a fair like the spider-man you know it's a classic circular uh-huh, shape uh-huh. of a face yeah garfield no, I, is like postman pat yeah i can understand postman pat there's a good reference for international <laughs> <laughs> uh, more exciting uh tom is when i was researching who these uh writers are uh-huh one of them i think it was jeff pinkner 
just wrote scripts for two films that I had no idea would be made and no one's talked about. Okay. Two 80s cartoons that are much like G.I. Joe to bring you back now in live Mask? action movies. Mask. <gasps> Dude, that was fucking, you're right in there. I mean, 80s cartoons. Mask. Mask. And guess the other one. A really weird one that I'm a big fan Thundercats of. Thundercats is obviously the no, other sadly. big one. Um, Centurions? No, but in that realm. Very much in that realm. Hmm. What was the other one like Centurions that was a bit more magical? Oh, uh, what's the one with the, the, the cop? The Texas cop? On oh, the, Lone, Star. Lone Star? No, Visionaries. Do you remember that? Remember they had like holograms on their chest and they turned into spirit animals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the that. music I remember so well. So well. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it right now. Do you know what? Those like 80s cartoon shows have like are a strangely untapped. So given that everything else has been yeah. remade. Well, they tried. It's all that they've not touched those for a long time. Considering trying to how much money Transformers makes. Yeah, you think they'll do more. Yeah. Because they've only done Transformers, G.I. Joe. But I don't think and now Power Rangers. No, well, yeah, now Power Rangers. Although Power Rangers wasn't a cartoon. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so I might be not excited about Venom, but I'm pretty excited about Visionaries and Mask. Right yeah. Now. A last piece of news. News came last week that the long gestating Matrix reboot may actually turn out to be a Morpheus prequel instead. <laughs> According to a reboot from Birth Movies Death, Warner Brothers doesn't want a reboot, but would rather focus on telling new stories within the Matrix universe. Mm. Uh, reportedly, they're interested in casting Michael B. Jordan from Creed and Black Panther in the role. Zach Penn, the writer behind the new film, announced on Twitter that he's also not interested in rebooting the franchise. And if he were going to recast Keanu Reeves, quote, he would cast Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Zach Penn previously wrote the Avengers story, the Incredible Hulk script, Elektra, X-Men 2, and X-Men The Last Stand. So as contradictory a set uh-huh. of films that you can think of. A Morpheus prequel. Do we really need a Morpheus prequel? I just need to understand you know what I mean? that character <laughs> you know, a little better. Oh, man. Like, I, I honestly would... I don't, I don't know what you do with the Matrix now, particularly since it is still the Wachowskis doing it. Um, is it? Yeah, they're definitely producing, and they've right, said okay. they want to direct it, but whether or not they will, who knows? But they haven't made a good film since the Matrix one. So. Yeah. Why bother? Uh, but I, I will say I'm more interested in doing stories within the Matrix universe than rebooting it. But Morpheus is not the story I'm interested in. My problem with that is though, because the, the, the Matrix universe is is to me is interesting when you're in the real world like the actual matrix universe is shit yeah like the outside of the matrix like I it's don't... just a dark dull sci-fi film yeah yeah like i don't care about that at all and the cool thing is being in the matrix world but then what's the like what's the point if you're trapped in this world where you can do whatever you like you know if you're going in as the morpheus characters and you can do anything yeah where's the yeah, no, it's true. Like, what's the point? I feel you should have like a you should have like a secret life of all the many story about some guy who, who's in love with a girl, and then you gradually in the sideline see the Keanu Reeves story happening, and gradually he begins to realize he's in the Matrix as well, and that if he wants, yeah, this I mean, girl, to be honest, there could be himself. cool. You could you could probably do very cool stories about people sort of starting to realize that but they're they in this, or there's people who go in for like a weekend and do certain like yeah, I guess so, but I but mean, they won't do that. Yeah. There's there's interesting indie films you can make. Yeah, about that's the what I could have in the end. But Matrix the indie series um, so IGN kindly spent some time to put together seven because they're not convinced either but they put together seven directors that for them would convince them that it was a good idea okay um, so I wanted to bookend our news with us picking another director okay are you going to be seven yeah I can give you an excitement rating out of five okay yeah just do that I'll just, to make this quick I'll go through yeah you just do that and if, if they're three or below they're just out okay, okay. 
We have Scott Derrickson. He directed... I'm going to give you all of their films. Okay. okay. Yep. Hellraiser, Inferno, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, mm-hmm. The Day the Earth Stood Still, yep. Sinister One, yep. Deliver Us from Evil, and Doctor Strange. Four. He's in. I love Sinister, and I thought Doctor Strange was great. Yeah. And it has the, obviously has the visual element. That you yeah, I, I, I love Hellraiser, Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> and Sinister, I think it's fine. I wasn't a fan of Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, Alfonso Cuaron, never know how you mm-hmm. say his name. There's no possible way he'll make this movie, but anyway, he did Great Expectations, Itumama Tabian, Harry Potter and a Prisoner of Azkaban, yep. Children of Men, and Gravity. Yeah, I'm putting him at four, and I'm um, I'm bumping put, Scott. I'm putting him down to three. There you go. Yeah, because I love Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, Alfonso's immaculate. Like yeah. every one of those films are fantastic, and he will not make this movie. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, right? Ryan Johnson. Is it Ryan Johnson? What's his name? Yeah. From the new Star Wars Yes. Movie. Ryan Looper. Johnson, who did Brick, The Blooders Bloom, Looper, and now Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Uh, three. Interesting, interesting. Doug Lyman, who did <laughs> Swingers. Five. Go, The Born Identity, <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Jumper, Edge of Tomorrow, now called Repeat, Live, Die, or whatever it's called. Uh, live, Die, Repeat. Justice League Dark is what he's up to next, as well as Edge of Tomorrow 2 and Attica. I don't want to get into here, but I'm confused with what Justice League Dark is, because yeah, essentially it's a Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, I mean, he gets a five just for because of swingers, because swingers yeah. <laughs> and the Bond identity, is and great. Uh, the the other one with Emily Blunt and Tom Cruise, Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow which was great. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of a Matrix movie, let's put him down to it too. Okay, Chad Stahelski, who is actually a stunt guy, but of course he's becoming big right now because he's directed John Wick, John Wick Chapter oh, Two, yeah. and he's now making the Highlander remake. Ooh. Um, so he has some free time though because that's, that's interesting because he's gone from movies that are awesome action primarily based on shooting yep. with guns to, to a Highlander a, which to a is, romance story which is what which is swinging hurting people with swinging that's stories true. that's true but uh, maybe it'll all be guns in this Highlander <laughs> I know. Be, there could be only one and then you have to shoot the heads off the for, the, for Mate, given us the Matrix given that he obviously gets the best out of Keanu Reeves mm-hmm, that's true that's and true. John Wick movies are great I'm going to give him a four yeah, yeah. Well, he worked with him a lot on the previous Matrix movies as a stunt guy. So, yeah. Uh, Neil Blomkamp, District Nine, Elysium, and Chappie. Two. Who distressingly today I found out is only one year older than me. And finally, Tim Miller, um, who has only directed Deadpool and is now doing the Terminator reboot. One. <laughs> really? One in the excitement skill. You don't want a Deadpool style well, Matrix movie? And I just, I, I, he's lost all respect by even considering doing another Terminator. The Terminator movie. reboot. Like, why would you anybody get involved in that other film for <laughs> obscene amounts of money? So your unrealistic um, desire is Alfonso Cuaron. Yep. yep. Okay. Who was your number two? Who, who do you give four to? Um, the, the Ryan who, Johnson, Doug Lyman, Chad Stileski, John Wick guy. Yeah, I think that makes sense. He's got a history with the series. He obviously cares about the Matrix. Yeah, he would want to do right by it. Yeah, and if nothing else, it would the, the action scenes would be amazing. Yeah, and I think he's in the right ballpark of he's he's a hot thing right now, but he's not too big where he's not going to do it. Yeah, agreed. agreed. I mean, if he's going to do if Kyrie Rose is going to be wooden, he knows how to use that in the best <laughs> possible way. That is true. Yeah, not like the film Not Knock. Um. All right. Let's move into releases really quickly. Uh, what's coming out in the cinemas right now? A little bit convoluted between the UK and US because while I'm here in the UK, I do like to cover both sides of the ocean. But mm-hmm. On the 23rd of March in the UK, we have Power Rangers, you know, which is coming out on the 24th in the US. Getting good reviews. It's had a lot of seven and eights um, for a few 
know what you're getting into. No it's interest. No. I never. And Power Rangers just passed me by. Yeah, like I was slightly I too care. old for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the trailer looks fun, I suppose. But. Looks alright. Director is uh, Dean Israelite, who directed Project Almanac, uh, starring Dakra Montgomery, Naomi Scott, R.J. Sila, Ludi Lin, Becky G, Elizabeth Banks, so Brian Cranston, and Bill Hader. Yeah. You got the big ones at the end. Yeah. Brian Cranston. Uh, synopsis is a group of high school kids who are infused with unique superpowers, harness their abilities in order to save the world. Also on the 24th of March, Life is coming out on both sides. Uh, and it is directed by Daniel Espinosa, who we just talked about, who did Safe House and Child 44. Starring Rebecca Ferguson, Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal and Hiroyuki Sanada, um, who's actually a friend of our friend Tamro. I met Hiro once. He was a very nice man. All it says here is an international space crew discover life on Mars. Yep. That's it. That's all I need to know. That's all you need I to know. I don't want to watch the trailer. I've had to close my eyes when it's come on in the cinema a couple of times. Yep. It's got Ryan Reynolds in it as well. I mean, Yeah, like Ryan, Ryan and Jake. I am Great. sold. Great. Their money, they've already got my money. Um, we also have Chips is coming out, directed by Dax Shepard, who's also directing the upcoming Scooby-Doo remake. Thank God for that. <laughs> Starring Michael Penner, Dax Shepard, Jessica McNamee, Adam Brody, Kristen Bell, Vincent D'Onofrio. A rookie officer is teamed with a hardened pro at the California Highway Patrol, though the newbie soon learns <clears> his partner is really an undercover fed investigating a heist that may involve some... Well, the official synopsis says may involved some crooked crops. To given that they've mentioned crooked cops at least three times in the yep. trailer, and they have a shot where Vincent D'Onofrio plays a cop. Like, <laughs> pretty sure I've got this Maybe one. Maybe it might be the guy who always Pretty plays sure a bad I've guy. got this figured out. <laughs> <laughs> so this is obviously a remake, I guess, of the classic 1970s TV show, Chips. Um, yeah, it looks, you know, it looks like dumb. Look bog standard. It looks like Super Troopers too. Yeah. Which they are making a Super Troopers true. It Super looks up. It looks like a uh, post-21 Jump Street yep. Super Troopers. Exactly. Remake. Like the Baywatch uh, trailer. Mm. Have you seen that? No. Oh, I've seen the trailer. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the UK only, we're getting The Lost City of Z or Z, if you're American, directed by James Gray, who did We Own the Night and Two Lovers, starring Charlie Hunnam, uh, Sienna Miller, Tom Holland, Spidey, and Robert Pattinson. Uh, true life drama centering on British explorer Colonel Percival Fawcett. Had to be English. It was called Percival. Yeah. Who disappeared while searching for a mysterious city in the Amazon in the 1920s. And it looks monumentally dull. It really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Did you watch the trailer? I've seen the trailer a couple of times in the oh, cinema. Man, it looks so dull. Don't, do not care. Uh, and finally, we're also getting The Eyes of My Mother, which is meant to be great. Directed by Nicholas Pesh. <clears throat> uh, starring Kika Magalhaes. I don't know how to pronounce these words. Will Brill and <laughs> Olivia Bond. It's about a young, lonely woman who is consumed by her deepest and darkest desires after tragedy strikes her quiet country life. This is black and white. It's in English mostly with some Portuguese. Um, it looks horrible. It fantastic. looks great. It looks so cool. I can't wait to see that movie. It looks like really odd. It, I, it, it remind, like Watching the trailer reminded me a little bit of The Witch. Yeah. Just in that kind of off-kilter, slightly otherworldly, strange... Yeah nightmarish very you know, unique v yeah very unique very visually stunning yeah, yeah. very excited about that um so let's do these as we go through them which are those films are you most excited to see i'm guessing it's the eyes of my mother from what yes you just definitely it's yeah. the only one that i definitely will see well and life obviously. yeah that and life are the only ones i would guarantee to see yeah they're the um, only two i'm gonna see um i'll probably... watch chips if it's on there's nothing else going yeah chips is Same a netflix movie for me yeah um i'm probably slightly more excited for life um, just because i don't know much about eyes of my mother but the trailer does look great yeah 
Uh, American Blu-rays have got Attack on Titan Junior High coming out on the 21st of March, which is adorable. Uh, Cinema Paradiso, we don't normally do old films, but if you haven't seen Cinema Paradiso, you should. And there's a beautiful new Blu-ray transfer. Sing is coming on 4K Blu-ray as well. Assassin's Creed is coming out also on 4K. Batman the Brave and the Bold third season. Live by Night, which is the Ben Affleck movie. Um, and Julietta, the new, um, what's his name? Pedro Almodovar movie in the uk blu-ray is coming out on the 20th of march out right now snow white and the huntsman is going to 4k Boo. oj made in america still haven't seen that can you just do that noise for each <laughs> thing <laughs> like yeah fast and furious 6 and 7 are coming to 4k Yay. uh in the preamble to ghost and shell next week we have ghost and shell the original is getting re-released on blu-ray ghost and shell solid state society is getting released to blu-ray and ghost in the shell movie double bill which is the original and then innocence the sequel all coming to blu-ray That's an awful lot of ghosts and shells Funny you should say that, Tom. So, with our many podcast series, we have a one-off special that will be out <laughs> on Thursday, I believe. Uh, so, like a week before the Ghost in the Shell comes out live action. And it's just going to be simply called a guide to Ghost in the Shell. Because um, I have a whole bunch of friends who've been talking to me about, look, this film looks great. It looks awful. We're not sure what it is. We know about the original anime. There's all this other stuff out there. What do we need to see? And it is more convoluted mm -hmm. than the Sony Pictures, Fox, Marvel... <laughs> crossover universes of characters right. there are so many iterations of ghost in the shell that yeah. are radically different from each other from movies to tv series to do the they not all just TV become series. irrelevant then i mean you, that's what we're going to talk about okay. is is there anything i would recommend seeing before the live action film obviously i haven't seen the live action film yet but from the trailers and what i've read i can as a fan i know exactly what they're doing and what they're going to be telling in there but also if you want to get excited about this movie and a lot of people are very excited about the live action one even people i know who don't give a shit about the original mm -hmm. Stuff I can suggest for them. Then, well, if you like the live action, try these ones out. Mm. Or maybe try this beforehand to yeah. get yourself amped, whatever. Um, so I'm just going to crystallize. Because I was actually writing a huge article last year where we rewatched every Ghost in the Shell and I was trying to clarify what's worth seeing and what isn't. Mm -hmm. And instead, we're just going to do it as a podcast. So I think I've got Tamara and Chris Draver who are just going to ask me questions and I'm just going to answer. <laughs> um, the Chamber, we saw that at Fright Fest last year. That's coming to Blu-ray. Um, the people trapped in yeah, yeah, the yeah. submarine thing. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Battleship is going 4K and Arrival is coming out. I highly recommend that movie. I think it's mm. excellent. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that was one of my that favorite was a movies last year. <laughs> Love it. Uh, with games, of course, we have the big game of the week, Mass Effect Andromeda, coming out 21st of March on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, so there's not much else around because everything's got out of its way. But we do have Rock Band going to VR on the Rift, which sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> um, we have DLC for Titanfall with Colony, DLC for Watch Dogs 2 with Human Conditions, and Dreamful Chapters, which was meant to be going from PC to PS4 and Xbox One, this week has now been pushed to May the 5th. So get excited for that another time. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, obviously the game you should be playing, um, although it has had mixed reviews. It's a different developer this time around. Um, so yeah not for everyone my uk blu-ray that i suggest is uh arrival and my us blu-ray i would suggest is cinema paradiso i wouldn't argue it? with those yeah okay no. right cool uh they are the releases we'll just quickly do what the top 20 films were last weekend and then we can get out of the top 20 films of last weekend yeah, yeah us or uk global this we changed um so which one's this i think we're on us right now yeah i think hang on no actually i think we're global now i think because they just we got confused because they reformatted box office mojo and it used to just be us but now with these numbers 
No, actually, it could very well be just US. Um, so number 20 is Sing. That's the animated one, right? Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that. Uh, number 19 is, well, like I said, Sing comes out this week on Blu-ray and 4K, so you can just buy it now. Don't need to go to cinema. Number 19 is Mona, which is still somehow in the cinema, mm -hmm. even though it's been on Blu-ray for a while. And I still haven't seen it. 18 is Badranath Ki Dolhanya. 17 oh, okay. is Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> 16 is Fist Fight. 15 is A Dog's Purpose. 14 is Rogue One colon, a Star, Star, Star Wars story. 13 is Split. 12, La La Land. 11 is Lion. 10, Before I Fall. 9, John Wick colon, Chapter 2. 8, Hidden Figures. 7, where well, the new entry is The Belko Experiment. 6 is The Lego Batman Movie. 5 is The Shack. 4 is Get Out which I might be going to see in a minute. Mm -hmm. And the top three films last weekend, number three, Logan. Number two, Kong, colon, Skull Island. And of course, number one, Beauty and the Beast. Boo. Oh, I haven't seen that, so I can't really do that. Yeah, boo. <laughs> do you want to hear the difference? Number two, Kong, Skull Island made twenty, nearly $28 million last weekend. Okay. Beauty and the Beast made $175 million. That's insane. Is it a holiday or something? don't know. That's That's... Mad astronomical, yeah, astronomical. Like that is a lot of people going out of their way to go to the cinema. People like. love Beauty and the Beast, fucking hell, right? I Which know. I do too, but I love the original. Do they have like all the same songs in it? Do they do the big yep. ballroom yeah, yeah. dancing? Yeah, yeah, right, it's all big musical. Which I mean, I've seen <laughs> it's great, and <laughs> I love it. I don't need to see it. other people pretending <laughs> to do it in karaoke, yeah, but it's you know, the. the the cartoons look a little bit more real now, so obviously that's true. That that's true. CGI is yeah. better than yeah, yeah. 2D animation. Yeah, confirmed. Uh, that is our podcast this week. Um, so I'm going to round up quickly with, like I said at the beginning, we're splitting our podcast into different sections just to clarify what is out right now. Uh, every Tuesday we have our Geeks podcast, which is what you're listening to right now, our topical stuff. On Thursday we now have the Hollywood and Wine, which is in its fourth episode this week. Uh, Adrian, our friend in LA, runs that one where they're talking about just industry stuff. On Fridays we have a Horror Channel podcast. At the moment we're going through the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Um, so that's just kicked off, so you should get on board. That comes out once a week and you can watch the films and listen to us talk shit about them. Um, we are now, this Wednesday is the last one in the Danny Boyle and on Thursday, we should have the special cast with a guide to Ghost in the Shell. Next month, we'll go into top 10 shark movies. And we're also going to be doing the Before Sunrise trilogy. Ooh. Um, in a sort of the beginning, we're going to do an eventual Richard Linklater yeah. perspective, but we're going to deal with it those first. And then later on, come back to his other films. That's interesting. You should try not to tell you how to do your job or anything, but you should try and get... We could if you got like people on that with at different ages yes. and in different relationships. Yes. No, that's exactly, what I was, that's exactly how I'm trying to plan it. Because, yeah, I just listened to these, the Now Playing podcast. Um, I was going through the archives and I was listening to their one to see what they talked about. It. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, it cements everything that you and I boys agreed with. Where it's like all three films are phenomenal. Yeah. It just depends how you're approaching them, where yeah. you're at in your life, what your relationship status is, how old you are. Because, mm -hmm. like, I really struggled with the second one when it first came out because I just wasn't in the right place for it, whereas you yeah. loved it. Yeah. And then it took me another, like, six years to come back to it and go, oh, no, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It's like, it's still probably one of my top movies of all time. The, the second, second one. one. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love it. But I haven't, I've seen it in maybe a year or two. Okay. And it's get yeah, it's almost got to that point where I'm like, I'm kind of scared to watch it. Because I remember this happened with the first one, you know, when I first saw the first movie. Mm -hmm. Like I loved like loved it. Yeah. Remember, you know, and then it was the same like it was in my head, like I love this movie. It's one of my favorite films. And then the second one came out, I go watch that. And then when I go back and watch the first one, then I'm like, oh, 
Yeah. Like, because you just don't really relate to it in exactly yeah, the they same just way. Seem, and, you yeah. know, it does, it, like even. those movies, you know, they get by on how realistic they are, how mm. human they are. And the closer you are to that situation or how close you identify with it, the stronger the feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I can still go back and watch the first one now and appreciate it and, you know, enjoy it for its kind of youthful enthusiasm. And well, that's the thing. It's like romanticism. I, they boil down those ages so, so, so well. Yeah. And I just had a friend of mine on Facebook actually call out like who's the worst writer is it Richard Linklater or Kevin Smith and I don't like to get involved with Facebook debates so I don't really ever and that kind of it got under my skin for a bit because I they're both very they're both similar I guess in that dialogue and conversation <clears throat> is, is their trade yeah but Kevin Smith dialogue and Richard Linklater dialogue is very very different yeah but this person was really talking about everybody wants some and dates and confused which they didn't like and they're hard films to stand up for you either get those films or you don't they are pastiches mm. you know they're not meant to be taken necessarily at face value yeah um, they're kind of joyous celebrations of how stupid people are yeah um so yeah they're kind that's of frat kevin boy. smith's career no exactly but that's <laughs> the thing is like, so i think that's what joined kevin smith to richard link later yeah were those films like dates and confused um so they're kind of harder for me to stand up for but with things like I heard people talking about Before Sunrise and going yeah but writing so unrealistic and they sound so pretentious I'm like that's how you sound like maybe not exactly like that of course it's a movie but when you're in your early 20s and your late teens and you think you're so smart and you think yeah. you know how the world works see and that film for me like encapsulated the things I find annoying about it now are how it really was at that yeah, time like, I, yeah I remember having this argument at the time and I kind of wonder now did I because I think, I think well, that's, that's how I talk and then I wonder do I talk like this because I love that movie so much and it's impacted how I actually am as a person or is it just vice you know yeah but that's just but the good thing about Linklater is because his dialogue is so natural like yeah. you know he. I remember him saying this about um, Boyhood where they're like well you know how he sort of improvises it's like no no it's all very very scripted like, mm -hmm. it's all very meticulously done but the beauty of the, well, the genius of his films is that you, it doesn't seem that way it's so natural yep. just so human kevin smith is you know the characters talk like he yeah. talks yeah it's like yeah. tarantino but yeah. to a different degree of you know quality but. yeah Kicks yeah, so it kind of it kind of annoyed me because <laughs> <laughs> I respect everyone's opinions and stuff, and I try now just go, all right, that's yeah. your opinion, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But you want to say no, you're fucking wrong yeah, <laughs> because yeah, the yeah. before sunrise trilogy for me really well written. Waking Life is really well written. Mm -hmm. yeah, that that is more ad lib, but yeah, um, yeah. So I'm excited to delve back into those. Yeah, Midnight is actually was my favorite the last time I watched yeah, those movies. So. So. Have you watched them all again recently? Not for the last three years. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So. You can, I'm trying to think how to do my normal sum up because we're changing stuff, but we haven't changed it quite yet. So yeah. right now, just go onto iTunes, type in We Are Geeks. Uh, this podcast will pop up and you're going to get everything on this feed right now. I know it's kind of annoying, but please subscribe. Um, and eventually you'll only get this topical podcast. We will then have a new podcast called We Are Geeks where you can have everything if you want to have everything. And if not, you can just choose what you want. Um, you can always pick, uh, click on our publisher, We Are Tessellate, underneath that on iTunes to see everything then and you can kind of, cherry pick whatever you're interested in dip in and out but if you could subscribe it does help us if you can leave us comments if you can leave us a rating that would be great thank you we're also on youtube we put these videos up kind of sporadically we're trying to get better at it but whatever um we do this for free so just deal with it um, so yeah this we're doing a bit better at home so we do have some videos up on there but you can see what we really do we're a production house called we are tessellate we're run out of la run out of london run out of tokyo and we're just at the end of making our first feature film. We normally make music videos, short films, we do music and all that stuff. And you can see a bunch of that content if you go over to YouTube, um, type in Weird Geeks, type in Tessellate, um, you'll find us and subscribe to that. And you'll get lots of bits coming up because we have a new, yeah, like our first feature film, which I'm just 
in effects right now and it's very scary <laughs> <laughs> being a couple of months away from our working print that we need to submit to festivals uh, we're going to delay the effects more and more and more just to postpone that I inevitable. Can't, that's the problem like <laughs> I, they need to look good for the festival submissions and it's kind of terrifying to be in the middle of the edit and trying to like jump ahead a bit um, we did a thing called Starfish Diaries for a while where we were talking about what it was like for us to make our first independent movie and the nightmare that was and so other people can learn from our mistakes. We haven't done one in a long time and we keep promising we're going to do a new one. My business partner Tamara is back in town so we are actually going to sit down this week and talk about the movie. There's a lot we're not allowed to talk about legally <laughs> but we'll talk about as much as we can, as honest as we can um, to hopefully help people because it's something which when we were making it, it's like there aren't many people talking honestly it's always kind of this glamorized version of mm. look how fun it was or it was really hard but we made it through and like, mm. it's like we just want to hear the nitty gritty what's it yeah. really like trying to do this stuff and I would do a lot of things differently so I hope to uh, shine a light on some of that so if you subscribe you get that as well if you want to just talk to me I'm Mr. Al White on all the social medias and my own personal uh, uh, website and if you want to play video games also Mr. Al White Thomas McCann how can people molest you with their words uh, they just shout them at me in the street. That sounds great. Yeah. Can I throw stuff at you as well? Uh, yeah, but give me a heads up first. Okay. So I can catch it. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, I'm, yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. That's it? Yeah. Just, you don't you know, give out your Twitter handle? I mean, I will, but it's like, well, yeah. You can you can give me online abuse at, at Down in Autumn. And if you understand what I just said, then... That was Down <laughs> in Autumn. Down in Autumn. Not down in full, but down in autumn. Um, are you still putting any new music up? Anymore? No, not no. at the minute. Is there something coming? Do you possibly, think possibly. It's just been a busy couple, well, a year, busy year. So you've got loads of stuff still up there, only for download. Is it all still there, or is it? Oh, yeah, it's all yeah. there. It's on Spotify. Yeah, there's loads cool. there. Shit loads there. Yeah, it's, it's been good. two years since I've done an album, which is as long as, long as it's ever been. But you're a nice man. Like a you lifetime. Give, you give, do you give all of it or most of it away for free? Uh, well, it's all there for free on Spotify and stuff, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so yeah. people can go and listen to that. Yeah, go and take as much of it as you like. Awesome. Yeah, use it in whatever you want. I'm is that your official like, stamp? Total, like, I don't care. It is royalty-free music? Yeah, definitely. You're not yeah. going to come after them later? No, I don't care. No. All right. So, yeah. This is it. It's all <laughs> said it. All right, we'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening, and we're out. Did, did it crash? Play? It did not crash. Well, there you go.